Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 46, where today I'm sharing some more actionable tips to help you survive the holidays, complete with social outings and family gatherings. So we've made it through Halloween at this point, and hopefully you and your loved ones are finally coming down off your sugar high. Unfortunately, that emotional crash is coming just in time for round two of the high-intensity holidays, namely Thanksgiving. Like any of the food-fueled holidays, Thanksgiving tends to be emotionally charged for everyone. Whether you're venturing out into the chilly air to nosh on overcooked turkey, gummy stuffing, and cranberry-flavored gelatinous goo, or sitting at home by yourself, eating nachos while binge-watching planes, trains, and automobiles and home for the holidays, Thanksgiving can be stressful. Yes, Thanksgiving is a series of holidays with more opportunities for emotional triggers than Swiss cheese has holes. And let's not even throw into the mix Black Friday and all the frustration, stress, anxiety, and even rage that this one day can create for the sugar-hungover, sleep-deprived shopping devotees. It's stressful for the folks who feel the overwhelming burden to entertain and create the perfect, magnificent meal for their families. It's also stressful for the folks who pay incredible sums of money to fly to remote locations to see family, suffering through mobs of angry passengers and ticked-off TSA agents. It's stressful for families who have kids and struggle to just load up the car to simply drive across town for the afternoon. It's even stressful for singles who stay at home, but then question their life choices and their decisions because... There they are, by themselves, on what's supposed to be a family holiday. And for a lot of people, it really doesn't seem to matter if you're the golden child of the family or the black sheep. Either way, we often feel under the microscope and judged. For emotional, binge, stress eaters, and even professional and retired dieters, Thanksgiving creates a lot of worry. There's desire for those special occasion foods. There's fear of judgment from others about your chosen ways of living and eating. But most of all, there's fear of judgment about every single forkful you put in your mouth. There may be fears and anxieties over any weight gained or lost, and whether anyone or everyone, will notice. 
There may even be thoughts about, will they talk about it while you're refilling your plate? And so I don't know about you, but just talking about these things has already gotten me a little bit stressed out. And I don't even have to go see my family for Thanksgiving because we go home for Christmas. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about your self-care routines, as well as offer some options to help keep you grounded and centered and as at peace as possible during the holiday season. So let's start with some self-care. Even though you're probably super busy, now is not the time to abandon your self-care. In fact, now is probably a good time to add some self-care into your routine. Because likely whatever you've been doing to care for yourself is only just enough to handle your everyday routine stresses and anxieties. Thanksgiving amps those stresses up, and so your self-care should be amped up to match it. So suggestion number one is to remember your why. I suggest that you get in touch with and review your why regularly. I do this because it helps you to stay focused and motivated to continue when things get hard. And the holidays are often one of the hardest times of the year. And when we often fall back into familiar and familial patterns of eating and thinking, remembering your why will help keep you on your path and hopefully in alignment with your goals. Suggestion number two is to try and get some sun. As the year begins to wane and we start rolling into the darker time of the year, it gets easier to stay indoors. After all, it's dark and more often it's cold. But that lack of sun can cause a dip in your mood-boosting serotonin, which you probably know is associated with seasonal affective disorder. But even if you haven't been diagnosed with SAD, catching is few as maybe 15 minutes of the sun's rays can improve your outlook, which will work wonders when you have to face those stress-inducing holidays. It's also a good idea before the holidays get into full swing, and this is tip number three, you should touch in with your support network. Chances are, if you're stressed, they are too. One group of ladies in my neighborhood created a holiday coffee clutch. It started as a weekend gathering for coffee and bagels, only intended to last 30 to 45 minutes. But some of those ladies broke off and started meeting daily for a brisk walk around the neighborhood with their coffee. So they had a chance to connect, to vent, and to get in a little bit of exercise, plus those little bits of sun rays we were talking about, at the same time. Now, tip number four, and speaking of exercise, is don't neglect daily activity because it's getting colder or darker or because you have too much to do. I'm not saying that now is the best time to sign up for CrossFit or to start that P90X, but that walk around the block or a few minutes on the treadmill or the rebounder will get your blood moving and oxygenated, which will make you feel better. And it will also burn off some of that nervous tension 
that we all have a tendency to build when we have so much going on. Tip number five is to spend some time reviewing all the progress you've made and all the things you've accomplished. We have a tendency at the holidays to expect more from ourselves. We expect perfectly coiffed hair with perfectly applied makeup, wearing perfectly tailored clothing that hides any lumps or bumps, sporting perfect manners, crafting perfect food in perfectly kept homes with perfectly maintained yards. And when we set that bar that high, sometimes, most of the time, we don't reach it. And if you're anything like me, you may have a tendency to be really down on yourself when you don't live up to your own superhero expectations. So it's really important to come back down to earth and get real. Get real about where you were last year versus where you are now. Review all areas of your life, emotional, physical, psychological, even spiritual. Write it down. And keep it with you to boost yourself up when you or Aunt Regina starts tearing you down. And speaking of Aunt Regina, number six, I think it's always important to realize that while you may have been doing lots and lots and lots of work on yourself and that you may have changed a lot since the last time they saw you, most people come to the holidays with expectations. Expectations about who they are, how the event will go, and even expectations about who you are, how you will act and react. In real terms, this means they may operate on autopilot, failing to see and hear the differences that you feel are so profound they must be evident. This may make you feel that maybe your changes aren't as significant as you think. The truth here is that each of us sort of builds this box of definitions and labels for the people we know and meet. And that box of labels is who we interface with, what we think we, quote, know about a person. But when they go through changes and they get upgrades to their thoughts and their beliefs, this box that we've built doesn't automatically get the same upgrades. So we still interface with that same little box of definitions, not realizing that the definitions need to change. And so when our opinions about, I don't know, politics or religion or the president or our thoughts and feelings about dietary choices or whether or not people should be eating turkey. Whenever those things change, people are not always prepared for those kinds of changes. They think we still like turkey. They think we, you know, are still Republicans or still Democrats or still liberals or that, you know, we're still operating under the same, you know, religious umbrellas that we've always operated under. And you're Changes may not be, you know, as vastly different as, you know, say, switching from Republican to Democrat or, um, you know, going from, say, Baptist to Catholic or even going from 
Protestant to pagan, but people are still not always prepared for, you know, your changes in opinions on, you know, abortion or um, whether or not you think potatoes or wheat or, you know, rice and beans are good for you. So, you know, that's just something to be prepared for. That doesn't mean that you haven't changed and that your changes aren't good. It also means that, you know, to be prepared for the changes that other people may have been making, the things that they may have been doing, be on the lookout for them. Um, Go with the expectations that they have also changed, that they have made improvements, and that will help you not react to them in the exact same ways that you've always reacted and expect the same things that you've always expected. And what that means is is that sometimes it works out better and the holidays aren't quite as stressful. Tip number seven is that it's important during times of high stress to do the best that you can to stick to your dietary guns. And what I mean is to try not to deviate from your dietary plans too much. The changes to what you eat, coupled with stress, can wreak all sorts of havoc. They can create digestive issues like bloating or gas, which would be terribly uncomfortable, can create inflammation or fatigue, and depending on how far you deviate and what you eat may mess with your hormones enough to create emotional disruptions and distress. And between you and me, you probably already have enough to deal with. It may be simpler just to stick with your tried and true lifestyle. Tip number eight is to remember your coping skills. Again, when we go home, we find ourselves surrounded by people and patterns from our past. It gets so easy to slip back into those same habits and patterns, especially if your friends and family share those same habits and patterns you have. It can be hard to withstand emotional eating when your whole family is emotionally eating because they're so uncomfortable around each other. So make sure to remember your new coping skills. Write them down if you need to. And here's a little list of a few easily transportable coping skills that you can keep with you and have on hand for whenever you need them. The first one is deep breathing. This one is really easy because you're always doing it. But so many of us forget to breathe deeply when stuff starts hitting the fan. It's sometimes helpful to breathe in for the count of four, hold for a count of four, then exhale for a count of four. You can do this 10 times and it should take less than two minutes depending on how quickly or slowly you breathe. Another option is to cue up a playlist of feel-good music and tunes. When you excuse yourself to go to the restroom to get a breather, you can listen to a song from your playlist and reset yourself. Another option is to create a list of mantras or positive affirmations that you can read over or recite to bring you back into balance. Option number four, and I really like this one, is to keep a memento 
a reminder or even a talisman. If you have something from which you can derive or generate personal power, consider keeping it with you. Now, if you're a religious person, this might be, you know, a cross if you're a Christian or some other symbol like something of a deity or even something that, you know, reminds you of the universe. It could be a tiny statue of the Buddha. It could even be some sort of coin or good luck charm or even a gemstone. Whatever it is that you find strength and power from could be helpful to you. Now back to the list of tips. Number nine is to practice gratitude. Constantly be looking for things to be grateful for and say thank you often. As I've said before, gratitude can create some profound shifts. And even in a stressful family event, you can find things to be grateful for. You can be grateful for the time together. You can be grateful for the food. You can be grateful for a place to gather. One of the things that always helps me is to remember that you know, even if I'm struggling with this particular event or this particular situation, you know, this moment of communication, there's going to be a time when this person, these loved ones are no longer around and I'm really going to wish that I had even this moment again. And so that helps keep me grounded and helps keep me grateful during times of stress and and um, anxiety during you know these holiday family events. And tip number 10 is to give the benefit of the doubt. And this one works uh, for everyone. People are so rushed around the holidays that common sense, um, consideration, and decorum sometimes go right out the window. And instead of getting angry or upset at these slights and throwing curses at your fellow humans, consider trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps they are in the middle of an emergency or a trauma. Perhaps something terrible has just happened to them or they just got bad news. The same goes for family. Maybe there's some worry or concern that is making them act a certain way. Perhaps they are as uncomfortable and anxious as you are. The point in this exercise is definitely not to wish ill on them, but to realize that everyone is kind of in their own world and that while they may do things that hurt your feelings or are inconsiderate or you know upset you in some way, chances are it wasn't intended to hurt your feelings. And you know, by coming up with these excuses, it lightens the burden. It leaves you with a place to be compassionate towards them, even if they, you know, haven't asked for it, even if they don't apologize, even if they may not deserve it. Because the truth is, is that at the holidays, we all could use an extra dose of forgiveness, an extra dose of compassion, a huge helping of love. And so whatever we can do to feel a little bit more caring, a little bit more compassion towards others, towards ourselves, you know, 
towards everyone, the better off we're going to be, the, the more peaceful and the more balanced and the more in alignment we will come through the holidays. If you can find those moments of gratitude, those moments of peacefulness, those moments of balance, centered alignment, you're going to be less likely to eat emotionally, to eat for stress, to um, find yourself binge eating or overeating, you know, just to escape from the stresses of the holidays. So there are 10 tips to help you survive and thrive as we move forward through the holiday seasons. And I think there were four um, easily transportable coping tips and skills that you can keep with you. I hope that this episode was helpful for you today. If you have any questions or want to share your holiday tips and tricks with me, I would love to talk to you. If you want, you can reach out to me on Facebook. I can be reached at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or at my website www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a peaceful holiday season.